Hello, and welcome to the Brookwood Church Sunday Message Podcast. Today, we continue in our series on the fruits of the Spirit, and our senior pastor, Perry Duggar, is bringing a message on the essentials of finding true peace through seeking God. You can find our weekly message outline and many other resources on our website at brookwoodchurch.org or on our Brookwood Church app. Continue our spring series, Cultivating Character. Take out your message guide. The outline's on the front two panels. And this series is taken from just a couple of verses in Galatians chapter 5, and I read part of it. It's printed on the top of your outline. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace. And that's where we stop today to focus on peace. And so as we begin, how many of you are experiencing peace in your life? Hands, let me see. You're experiencing peace. Now be careful. Spiritual fruit, and remember this word is singular, not plural. Not plural. So it's not that you can have one and not the other. They all kind of grow linked together. They're not independent and separate. But spiritual fruit is not the result of extra effort or greater self-control on your part. It's produced by the Holy Spirit. So it develops after we're born again. You may be a patient person, but if you're not a Christian, if you're not born again, that's not the spiritual fruit of patience. That's just your personality. Spiritual fruit develops after we're born again. And it happens as we surrender our lives to the Spirit's leadership. Now, how do we do that? Well, there are a number of ways. Some examples are just through spending time in prayer, through reading your Bible, through Bible study, through participating in worship. You know, I want to urge you, participate in worship. Involve yourself. Don't just come and say, oh, well, I like his voice or her voice. But you project You sing. If you can't sing well, that's all right. God will pitch tune you. Because when we worship, it puts puts our soul in a place to receive from God. And it clears our minds of the worries of last week or the ones coming in next week. And so we put ourselves in a place where we're kind of in step with the Spirit. And he can speak to us and we can discern it much more clearly. So let me urge you, if you don't participate, if this is how you participate in worship, let me urge you, take a step. At least uncross the arms next week. How about that? But try, take a step. Get involved in some relationships with other Christians. Not just to talk about sports, but to talk about life and to interact in a meaningful way in each other's lives and then also engage in other spiritual practices. There are many different spiritual disciplines. And for those of you who are just getting started, I always say, here, try this. Pray five minutes, five days a week and fast one day a week. And you can fast from one meal for 24 hours. You can fast from media. Take something out, bring God's presence in, in its place. Try that as a start. These changes in our character 
they're the result of what the Spirit's doing inside. When the Spirit comes in and inhabits you after you're born again, He starts making some changes. And He is shaping you. He is conforming you to the image and the likeness of Jesus Christ. Romans 8, 29. So in other words, you're being shaped so that you have a family resemblance. You know, I think a better test of of spiritual maturity is not how many verses you've memorized, and that's good. It's not how much theology you've mastered, and that's good too. The best question is how much like Jesus do you look? That's the best measure of spiritual maturity. And today we'll focus on the spiritual fruit of peace. The theme verse that I've selected, good one to memorize, John 14, 27. Jesus said, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift. What do these next words say? That must be a misprint. The world cannot give. So why are we trying to find peace in this world? Because Jesus is telling you it won't be found there. So don't be troubled or afraid. What is peace? Well, we define it primarily in negative terms like the absence of conflict or turmoil. Or, Or we may put it simply, peace is being left alone. I don't want anybody bothering me. But the biblical meaning of this word, which does include the absence of conflict, particularly in the absence of military battle in some instances, but the biblical meaning is much broader, and it includes the idea of positive blessing. So we define it, I've defined peace, and it comes from a Hebrew word, shalom, a Greek word, irene, but it means well-being, wholeness, or completeness. I like that one, wholeness. And harmony, and that means harmony in your relationships. See, Scripture rarely speaks of peace as a purely mental state or peace of mind. And yet, that's what we're always harping on, isn't it? Oh, I just want some peace. Oh, I just need some peace. And what you're really talking is you want some inner serenity. But biblical peace is a way of life. And it's inherently social. Focusing on outward relationships, not merely personal serenity. Now, solitude has some value, particularly if you're using solitude to focus on the presence of God. So that you can hear his voice. That's a helpful spiritual practice. But if if you're someone who is continually withdrawing from people, if you want to be constantly isolated, that you may have a job that you need to do in isolation, but you need to look closely because it may result, in part at least, from past relational wounds. It might be a product of fear of rejection. And I'm speaking as someone who tends to introversion. I'm speaking as someone who had an overbearing, critical father. So it's easy for me to retreat. That may be true of some of you. There are several different types or expressions of peace referred to in the Bible. The first is peace from God. Psalms 85, 8. 
I listen carefully to what God the Lord is saying. For he speaks peace to his faithful people. In other words, what's the source of peace? Good circumstances? A better job? A spouse that's nicer? Wait a minute, now somebody endorsed that. Whoever calls that, come up here with me. I'll make you, I'll make you my helper. Peace derives from God. And it comes from God's speaking truth to us. Because he speaks peace. But notice, he doesn't speak peace to the world. He speaks peace to his people. But not only his people, his faithful people. His people who are pursuing him. So we experience peace when we learn to listen for God's voice. When we have truth revealed to us by his spirit. And when that happens, it produces two kinds of peace from God. First, there's peace with God. We have peace with God through justification. Now, justification is a theological word, but it essentially means God is the judge and he is declaring you righteous. Just because he likes you? Why is he declaring you righteous? Because you've depended by faith. Faith really means dependence, reliance, trust. Those words can all be translated from the Greek, pistis. But, see, unfortunately, in our culture, we make the object of our faith our faith. But biblical faith is is utter dependence on God and no dependence on me. The strength of your faith is determined by the object of your faith. And if your faith is your faith, it implodes. God has declared you righteous by faith, by dependence in what Jesus has done. And you're saying, I don't deserve to be justified. But I am. I don't deserve to be declared innocent. But I am. Because of what another did for me. Romans 5.1 states it clearly. Therefore, since we've been made right with God... In God's sight, by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. So if you've trusted in Christ and you've been born again, you are right with God. Do you believe that? Completely right with God. you believe that? Chris, you think you're perfectly right with God. You are. Perfectly right right with God prior to salvation we're born in sin so our relationship with God is characterized by alienation separation even hostility because we were living in a state of rebellion against him merely by our disbelief because that disbelief is the denial of God's rightful place in our life Now, I'm not saying that before you became a believer, you were even aware of your opposition to God. But you probably sense something's wrong. 
See, a lot of us, well, it's like this. In, in America, 65% say they're born again. They're Christians. But you know what? That's, that's salvation by declaration. It's not salvation by regeneration. Regeneration happens to you and you're different. But here, well, why would so many people say that? Because you don't know what it is to be born again until you're born again. Before you're born again, you probably at least suspected that God existed. It's interesting isn't it? when great tragedy happens in our nation, you can find no atheists. You can find no agnostics. And the reason is from Ecclesiastes 3.11, eternity is in the heart of every man and woman. People know God is real. Because, I mean, I've, you see these, these funerals or you hear about these funerals of people that gave no profession to Christ, may have even been antagonistic, and yet they're talking about, I'll see him again. Have courage to die as you lived. It doesn't make sense, does it? But at that moment, when have you ever heard somebody say, well, it's over, nothing, there's nowhere to go, there's no, nothing else. He's gone, she's gone. Mm-mm. People know eternity's real. It's planted in the soul of men and women. And that's why I say, instead of trying to argue people into faith, ask them why they don't believe. It's not a cognitive intellectual reason. It's an experiential reason. It's some sort of doubt, disbelief, wound, bad experience. And they're expressing that opposition toward God. All of us understand what there is to be something missing. It's been referred to as a God-shaped void. And we can feel that, that inner ache, that emptiness... And there's a desire to feel whole, to feel full. So we try to cram things in that place. All kinds of pursuits and distractions and purchases and and all sorts of entertainment. And that's where all addictions come from. But nothing physical from this world fills the spiritual need. Nothing. It can distract you. It can entertain you. It cannot provide contentment. You won't reach wholeness. Our consciences may have even ached because of our sins. Before we were Christians. Because here's why. The law of God, the sense of right and wrong, is written on our minds and hearts. Otherwise, it would make no sense to say, what he did to me is wrong. What she said wasn't right. That would make no sense. And we live in a culture that's pushing against right and wrong. Isn't it true? And it's being redefined. So today, virtually every form of immorality is right if you're consenting. Well, what in the world does does that mean? We have all these rules because they know that they've blown apart all the guidance that God gives. So they're trying to draw in all these protections of, oh, if it's like this, if it's like that, if it's like...
Today, the only thing that I can see that's consistently considered wrong is molestation of children. And yet, there are many places in this world where it is not. It is practiced. So this anger arises toward God's guidelines, towards God's restrictions. But if you don't believe in God, what sense does it be so angry towards someone you don't believe exists? Why so much emotion towards someone that isn't real? I mean, why are people so angry at Christians? Well, you said that what I did wasn't right. Well, you don't care what I'm saying. I believe in the fairy godmother or something. At least churches do good. At least they're charitable. Now, some of y'all could do some more in the charity department. But the church serves. The church helps in tragedy. The church nurtures. The church feeds. The church clothes. In fact, Christians do far more in disaster relief than the Red Cross. Far more. You just never hear that. In fact, just the Southern Baptist Convention does more in disaster relief than the Red Cross. But you've never heard that. By faith in Jesus' sacrifice, our sins are forgiven. Which sins? Tina, do you believe that? What about the ones you haven't even committed yet? All of it. All of it in the past. All of it in the present. What you committed this morning on the way to church. What you haven't even conceived of yet. Is already forgiven. Because you got no way of erasing it from your tablet. Christ died even for the ones you haven't even committed. And because of that, you have no fear of judgment. You have peace with God. So do you live and do you possess peace with God? That's security, knowing you've been forgiven. The other kind of peace from God is the peace of God. 2 Thessalonians 3.16. Now may the Lord of peace give you his peace at all times in every situation. And the Lord be with you all. See, our anxiety, our fear, which I've told you fear and anger are two sides of the same coin. Our anger always is aroused by fear. But anxiety and fear and the resulting anger are caused by uncertainty, insecurity. But how uncertain is God? Is God surprised by any situation? Are there any circumstances beyond his control? Then why are you so mad? God's not uncertain. He's not apprehensive. He's not anxious. He's not afraid. He's not insecure. He's not unsettled. He is not 
fearful of the future. And you possess the Spirit of God. So do you possess His peace? Not your peace, not human peace, not mustering up courage, His peace. Now it's true, we don't know what the future holds. But we know who holds the future. Does that make a difference to you? You know, but you hear something like that. And some of you are already out there saying, well, well, I know that, but. Well, I know the Bible says, but. Well, I know this, but. Get the butts out of here. Some of y'all got too many butts in your life. Do you know God or not? You may not know what the, you don't know what the future holds, but do you know who holds the future? And, and one of the names of the Holy Spirit is comforter. The one who provides us peace is within. The one who assures us that we belong to God and he's a God who cares and he's a God who's in control. Isaiah 26, 3 says, and, and you may you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. So in other words, if you have a lack of peace today, what's it caused by? Come on, y'all. I'm not gonna let y'all go home till somebody gets a little energetic in here. What is it? Lack of what? What's that verse say? You don't believe that, do you? You're all frantic, you're all anxious, you're all depressed, you're all upset. Lack of trust. You do not believe that, do you? Lack of trust. There isn't anywhere else to go with it, is there? Unless you want to get your butt back in there. A lack of peace is caused by a lack of trust in God. Well, is that in every instance? Is it? In every situation? In every circumstance? Y'all better be careful saying that. Because guess what? It means you don't blow a gasket next week. Do you possess the peace of God? Not the peace of you, the peace of God. Another type of peace is peace within myself. And this does refer to personal internal peace of mind. See, if you have a lack of peace, what do you think it's caused by? Give me an answer out there. So, what's that? Something you're, doing. Something you're doing. Well, no, you're more noble than most. Come on now. Lack of peace. What's it caused by? Give it to me. Yeah, but that's the correct answer. I want the answer that folks are living by. Somebody else. Who, who has courage? Because some of y'all are blaming someone right now. Oh, my boss. Oh, my spouse. How can I have peace married to her? How can I have... Yes, keep on. Yes, give me a... 
I'm gonna tell you what, I can't get any voice out of y'all. I'm gonna have to go to the children. But let's be honest now. We think our misery is caused by somebody else, don't we? Our insecurity. Oh, that boss. Oh, you don't understand. Oh, uh, uh-uh. You know, do you know God? Then you have no buts. You know, do you know God? That's the question. Because we think it's, oh, negative circumstances. Who could live through this? Well, you could only live through that if you know God. Well, you don't know this irritating person. Anybody know an irritating person? Come on. All I said was, do you know them? I didn't say point to them. (laughs) Do you know an irritating person? That person's not your problem. That person's not your problem. Look at John 16, 33. I have told you all this so that you may have peace. Where? At work, in your neighborhood, in your marriage. Is that what it is? Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I have overcome the world. Now, Jesus makes two promises. Not one, two. First, we'll have trials and sorrows. You know that's true, don't you? Second, he's overcome the very trials and sorrows that are coming to you from this world. So you can have peace in him. Not necessarily peace in this world. You know, I live by this verse. You know, it was like I imagined it, like a life ring around me at one point. I was a, I was a first-year law student, and... I had never studied two nights in a row except exams. And I had a full ride to law school, but I had to have very high grades. And I didn't really know how to study, especially not law school. You, you go to the library, you live in the library, you go home at midnight. Next day, you go back to the library after class, you stay. It was misery. And, and this verse, I just lived in it. Trouble in this world but I can have peace in Christ because I was afraid. I was threatened. I was exhausted. And God got me through. You think I kept my scholarship? No, I lost it. (laughs) See, because we try to tie peace to positive outcomes. I lost my scholarship, but I survived law school. The trials and sorrows we suffer, though painful, I'm not minimizing pain at all in here, but they cannot touch my relationship to Jesus Christ. And they do not jeopardize my salvation, which means they're all short-term and our eternal futures are secure. You say, well, I understand all that, but I'm still anxious, I'm afraid, I'm angry, I'm unsettled. How do I experience peace? Well, here's a roadmap to peace or a path to peace from the Philippians. Don't worry about anything. Well, that's easy for him to say, isn't it? They say all that kind of stuff in the Bible, don't we? Don't worry about anything. Who does that? 
You can by faith. This was written by a guy in prison, by the way. His life threatened continually. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. There is nothing too big for God to handle. There is nothing too small for his concern. Do you believe that? So tell God what you need. Well, should you ever be angry with God when you're telling him that? What do you think? Susan, is that all right to be angry with God? But take your anger to God. You see what I'm saying? That's not resentment. Take it to God. I've told y'all before, go out in the backyard with a, with a bat and beat a tree. Do a little shouting. God, I'm mad. But see, that's in relationship. See what I'm saying? That's not running away. Because a lot of us get angry, resentful toward God. We flee him. We abandon him. Mm-mm. Take your bat and go to him. Do some shouting. Do some screaming. Do some yelling. At least it's in relationship. If my children have been angry with me, I want them to come to me with it. Instead of shutting me out and going away. Tell God what you need. But then that means you give it to him to handle. That's where the trust comes in. You get to say it however you want. But you give it to him to handle. And then you thank him for all he's done. Now see, what happens here is after you do that, then you experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. So if you want peace, you have to do some things. There's some steps on this path. If you want to enter his presence through prayer, express all your concerns. Give voice to it, but then remember his faithfulness. You see, what just happened is your focus shifted from you to him. You know what? You can't be angry unless you're looking at who? Self. You can't be anxious. You can't be depressed. You can't be incensed unless you're looking at self. When we look to God, when we give him our issues... Peace fills our lives because we can trust him to do what's best. Romans 8, 28. But listen to me on this. Peace isn't dependent on deliverance from difficulties. Keep it. Y'all come on. I don't know who that is, but you just come on. Come on, sister. Peace is produced by the presence of God. Not by deliverance from difficulties. And when God is in your life, just the fact that he is carrying that burden with you. He steps into it with you. And he cares about your concerns. 1 Peter 5, 7. And he will always do what is best. You can relax. That passage continues. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. His peace, not your peace. His peace has to replace your lack of peace. 
That's, that guard is a military term in the Greek, and it means keep watch over. And so he's going to watch over your heart. He's going to watch over your mind. He's going to protect you from fear. He's going to grant you peace as you live in Christ Jesus. But you've got to live in Christ Jesus. Is that right, Mike? Which world are you living in? Sometimes it's trouble living in this one, isn't it? You won't have any peace in this one. Peace is going to be found from living in a different one. Living in the kingdom of God while dwelling on this earth. God's peace prevents fear, anxiety, anger, and depression if we live in his presence. So do you possess peace of mind? You can if you live in his presence. Third type of peace is peace with others. You know, I said a few weeks ago that I thought we were more divided today than, than even in the 60s. I, I didn't mean, I want to correct that, I didn't mean that the 60s were not more brutal, more violent toward African Americans, which they certainly were. What I meant is that today we are seem to be divided, angrily disputing virtually everything. Abortion, homosexuality, gender identity, immigration, environment, politics, police enforcement, wage equality, as well as race, which today includes even more diversity and animosity. But I want y'all now I want y'all to hear me on this. People are angry because they lack peace from God and peace within. Now, I didn't say there weren't some things going on in our culture that weren't just, and we should stand against them. You hear me? Don't y'all write me these emails unless you hear me clearly. (laughs) But I'm telling you, this anger is out of you. You lack peace with God, you lack peace within, so you're taking it out on others at almost any opportunity. Anger doesn't produce change. When somebody comes and blasts you away, that really makes you want to go along with them, doesn't it? Mm-mm. You know what produces change? The love of God, the kindness of God. Well, I need you to speak the truth. Yeah, you do. First Corinthians says, speak the truth in love. Why do you think Martin Luther King was effective? Because he was nonviolent. If he had been more extreme, they would have just imprisoned him. Anger originates within each of us. Do you believe that? Your responses are about who? I am not letting y'all go home. Well, see, that's what you think. But, but believe this, your responses are about you. And particularly about what you believe about yourself, also what you believe about God, what you believe about this world. More than the situation that aroused the response. Now, I'm not saying there wasn't somebody doing something wrong. But the way you responded is about you. Because it's triggering what you believe. 
I'm disrespected. This world isn't fair. There's something you believe. And that's how you interpret everything you encounter. And if you're angry, controlling, defensive, accusatory, prickly, constantly frustrated with others, that's about you. Now you think it's about someone or something else. But all our responses originate within us. And they truly express what we believe. That's why two people can hear the same comment and they have totally different reactions. Totally different reactions. Sit in the same room, both listen to the same person talk. Don't you see it in our culture, the anger that you see? It is amazing to me that anybody posts their pictures on, what's that thing called? Instagram. Can y'all imagine? I'm going to get on Instagram. First, you got to contort yourself. And then I'm saying, oh, I have, I'm having a taco today. Wouldn't you like a bite? Lord, deliver us from this narcissism. But then, but then people are vicious, you know, back. Can you imagine me putting myself on Instagram? Look at your hair, man. What happened to you? I can tell you what happened to me. It's falling out. That's what happened to me. What's the matter with you? Just attack everything. Where's that anger coming from? I mean, why does somebody you'll never know who put a picture of them all twisted up, why does that make you say anything? It's because that, that cauldron is in there, but it's in you. And it's just looking for an opportunity to spew venom. How can we change? Peace comes from experiencing God's truth by the Spirit. Listen, I've told y'all, memorize verses, read the Bible, study the Bible, but you need an experience with the Spirit that actually imprints the truth on you in a way that it's, it changes. And when you have that experience, nobody can talk you out of it. And having peace with God and having peace within enables me to seek peace with other people. See, when God gifts us with his peace, we aren't so easily irritated or offended, are we? And so what happens is when God's spirit works in you, he just changes something. And you know how you're all, if you're somebody, you're always offended. Oh, he said this. He said, oh, you you won't believe what she said. You won't believe. He looked at me this way. (laughs) That's in you. You see what I'm saying? Nobody can, nobody can control how you feel. Nobody. Even the worst situation cannot control how you feel. And you can have the peace of God in the most oppressive circumstances and what happens when that spirit has changed you then this situation arises that would have made you blow a fuse and it's not there you know what I'm talking about 
Spirit changes something in you. And you're just, you're just not offended. I mean, let's be honest. Some of y'all, y'all get all mad in the parking lot. You get mad on Woodruff Road. Somebody doesn't, but, but it cut me off. He's going to take an Instagram picture and he's like, <laughs> he didn't even know you. That's in you. You see what I'm saying? It's in us. And the only way it's coming out is if the Spirit of God does a work in us and shows us, here's what you believe, but here's the truth. Here's the truth. What do I do in the meantime? Are you telling me I can't express what I feel? Some of y'all feel duty-bound to express everything you feel, aren't you? don't you? Okay, since I don't know who said this, here's what that is. Fool. If you express everything you feel, that's a foolish way to live. And it's a damaging way to live. Because you're harming people. And you're causing dissension. You're breaking stuff. And you're breaking people. Romans 12, 16 tells us to live in harmony with each other. Verse 18 directs us, do all you can to live in peace with everyone. Now, it implies you can't live in peace with everyone, but you can do all you can. And you can forgive. You can't always reconcile because that's two-sided. But you can always forgive. You can always forgive. So we have a responsibility to practice and to promote peace. Well, how do you do it? You know what the secret to peace with others is? What you think? Come on, Jerry, what do you think? What's the secret to having peace with others? I didn't hear you, but the answer is love. The answer is love. And you see this direction given specifically to the church in Colossians. Above all, clothe yourselves with love. That means you put it on. All of you, all of you got dressed today, at least everybody I've seen. But, but you did it. You selected it. You put it on, you know, which binds us together in perfect harmony. Now, I want you to know there were Jews and Gentiles in that church. Jews and Gentiles had despised each other for years. They demeaned each other. They hated each other. Put on love, which binds us all together, and enemies become friends in Christ. See, love does not make differences disappear. Nobody's ever going to look at me with love and say, well, that boy is so eloquent, and he is so, you know, he doesn't speak with this hick accent or anything. Love doesn't make differences disappear. It makes differences unimportant. See, it's amazing how someone's idiosyncrasies stop irritating you when you decide to love that person. You know anyone weird? You. This lady. Really. Well, they were pointing at me this morning. And I want y'all to know I'm far weirder than you can even conceive. <laughs> but if you love someone, even their unique weirdness can be endearing. Hear me on this.
Hear me on this. And if you're always criticizing, complaining, change this, change that, that's about who? That's about you. Peace won't come when you get what you want. Peace will not come when you get only what you want. It comes when you set aside your demands, your preferences, your differences, and decide to show love, which produces harmony. Now, I'm not talking about passivity. Sometimes we say, oh, well, I'm very loving and kind. No, you're very codependent. Sometimes the most loving thing you can do is confront. Sometimes the most loving thing you do is correct. Because love is that I want what's best for you. Not what I want for me, what I want for you. Sometimes that's the most loving thing to do. So we're not talking about passivity. We're not talking about codependence. But we always speak the truth in love. And I can love, respect, and dignify someone I disagree with if I can see that person possesses the image of God. No different from me. Colossians 3. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you're called to live in peace. And always be thankful. Because thankfulness makes us humble. It reminds us we're all recipients of God's grace. And we should be gracious to others. So do you show love? Do you spread peace? Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. Lay down your burdens. Lay down your shame. You know, I want you to know, just to dovetail along with the Switch Ministries work, Greenville County is ranked highest in this state in human trafficking. And it's a growing problem. If you have peace, how about become a peacemaker? Peacemakers are children of God. Will you work for peace? This is a wonderful ministry called Switch, JC told you about. And they're helping victims of human trafficking, exploitation, to reach restoration, what we'd call transformation. I'd like you to help. There's several ladies out there at the information booth. Zaina Green is a director. Shay Feltner is from our church. There's several folks there, several ladies there that will give you information. Drop by, ask them how you can help. Also, there's an interest meeting, May 20th, 1015 in pod A back there, so next week. This week, pay attention to your responses to painful circumstances and say, am I displaying peace? Do I have peace? And when you're stressed in those situations, ask the Holy Spirit to show you why you're acting like you are. What do you believe? And ask Him to show you and tell you what He wants you to know to replace your lies with beliefs, with truth from God. Step up to switch. Let's do a hand. Let's help out some people in need in our community. And now go in peace. Thank you for coming.
Here at Brookwood Church, our desire is to assist you in pursuing a relationship with Jesus so that you can experience transformed life. If you have any questions about this message or you would like to request prayer, we encourage you to visit our website at brookwoodchurch.org forward slash get help. You can also find our message archives on our website or on our Brookwood app. Thank you so much for listening and have a blessed week.